0: G'day guys, welcome back to Beers and Breakevens. brought to you by Blue Wealth Property. They make investing in property easy for you. If you'd like to reach out to Tony and the team, head over to their website, Instagram, Facebook, send a pigeon their way, smoke, signal, something, you'll find Blue Wealth Property there. They'll be able to send you in the right direction. Also brought to you by Bloke in a Bar, the best drop. In sport, make sure you go out and support Kempy this weekend buying a case of mid-strength or full-strength beer. We're going to continue with our reviews of season 2022 and a sneaky look at 2023 with some previews today. We're looking at the Canberra Raiders, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, the Sydney Roosters, and the Melbourne Storm. Timmy, welcome back. Did you get a haircut since last week or something?
1: Yeah, mate. I am a bit of a freshen up there, a bit of a, a bit of a perk in the hair. So i am really, I really you look the piece. Yeah, thanks, mate. I'm pretty excited for this uh, this episode. So covering the mighty Canberra Raiders. By the time this guy's live obviously recording week one of the would you finals. have won the
0: comp yet or not
1: No, nah, we'll be preparing for a prelim final nice. so i'm um, getting ready for the, for the pre-prelim final ambush probably as penneth or someone so yeah i'll be i'll be getting my grand final ticket ready and
0: what could possibly go wrong from here that'll be exciting for the queen bean kangaroos all right <laughs> uh let's talk canberra raiders as timmy said 2022 their best uh joey Tapanay, for me he was the absolute standout there he was sensational Underrated, Adam Elliott had a pretty good season, huh? Mm, Those two boys, very
1: interesting because speaking of looking at doing squad breakdowns every single week of the year and get to the raids, it was the same thing. It was all year pretty well. Joe Tampany more from mid to late season, but like just an absolute star. If you want to fork out for him, get him because he just continued to deliver. And then it was Adam Elliott. While his role is what he is and his minutes are the same, just hold strong until anything changes because they both just kept delivering. And, and Joey Tappany, who was one of the ones that really hurt me, obviously along with Latrell Mitchell, <coughs> who we'll get to very shortly, taps just kept punching out big numbers. And it wasn't surprising because we knew how good a super player Tapps could be it was just the minutes, wasn't it? And yep. I think he started the season sort of mid forties to early fifty minutes. By the end of season, he was close play, playing close to anywhere from sort of sixty to sixty five. And when a player that could with tackle busting ability, offloading at wheelies, getting big minutes, uh, taps was just fantastic. So while I still don't like investing big money in front row forwards in SuperCoach, taps was a bit of an exception to that, and Adam Elliott put together a good year as well.
0: Yeah, Hudson Young was the other one. Uh, personally, I think in a couple of weeks, he will get a bait in the Kangaroos World Cup squad. Mm. I think he has to be there now. I think he's forced his way into it. He's been sensational, and you mentioned off-camera before, and I think it's perfect. Fuck, he'd be a fun guy to own.
1: Oh, just the way he plays his footy. Like, he's got such attacking upside. He's similar to the sort of Viliami kick-out mould in that he relies on attacking stats mm. to score well. So he's not going to do with that sort of Angus Crichton type uh, or IPAP type where they punch out their 55-60 in base and they sort of sit around that most of the year and they'll average to 70-75. He has his tons and he has his 40s <laughs> so while it's a bit nervy, he sets tries up, he scores them, he grubbers him behind the line for himself so he's one that I'll be really considering for next season because he, his game just came on
0: leaps and bounds this year. Hudson has realised how good Hudson is, which is lethal, (laughs) lethal for a footballer with his sort of confidence. Mate, 2022 most disappointing. Canberra Raiders, they're one of those teams that, you know, we weren't really expecting too much out of too many of them as far as Supercoach goes. Uh, I don't think anyone was relying too heavily on anyone. In fact, you know, I, I think at the start of the season, Tapané, Elliot, Hudson, very few people would have even been considering Those guys, realistically, they became very important as the season went on. But probably my most disappointing, in the moment Josh Hodgson went down, which, as you said on Monday, very early in the season, I thought, okay, Tom Starling could be a little pod this year. Uh, Just never left the garage, did he?
1: Yeah, it was a bit of an interesting one with him. He looked like he could be a Super star if the minutes came his way. I think everyone was thinking the same thing. And while he certainly had his moments, even Ricky Stewart, you could tell in the back of his mind, that he never saw Starlow as an 80 minute hooker We saw with the way he was utilised With with uh, Josh Hodgson Last season, then this season when Hodgson went down and he was trying Adam Elliott Hooker, all different sorts of combinations To play Starlow as a sort of 50-60 minute Role as that impact bench role, which he's wonderful At, he's just a small body And the rigours of 80 minutes week in week out For a small bloke in the middle, it's just Tough to do, so Then Zach Wolford came along, who ended up being A little sneaky little, well, he wasn't really super; Supercats cheap because he didn't quite get the minutes, but he came along and ate into that first 20-30 minutes of game time, sometimes longer mm. uh, and it just really killed Starlo. so yeah, he, he was certainly disappointed from what we thought he was capable of
0: yeah, Ricky Stewart went from completely head-fucking us with his forwards to his hookers, mm. which just became, I think, more confusing than anything before. Mate, let's have a look at 2023 for the Canberra Raiders. Uh, it's it's an exciting little time for the Raiders. You've got a number of young guns coming through that have, some have already made it. Yeah, Tomoko, Sebastian Chris, Xavier Savage, the X-Man. Uh, but there's a few more that I'm really excited about. The first one, uh, Harley Sexy Shields. So he obviously did his ACL <laughs> this year. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to crack your side for round one because there's a few guys that have really cemented themselves in that team but if there's a couple of injuries he will become a cheapie mate the one i'm most excited about and he's one of my most exciting prospects in the nrl let alone the nation's capital mate trey mooney i think this kid has got potential to be an absolute superstar in our game tell us about trey
1: trey's a gun and he's he's a big forward he can play as an edge backer or a middle which is just so valuable in these days because there's a lot of forwards who can only play as a middle or an edge so to have that versatility as a coach to be able to chop and change them is very valuable uh, look he's a big tackle busting forward he runs a terrific line uh, i'd seen a lot of him in new south wales cut this season and then he got named for the must have been the the 19s or 19s and came out and just killed them there his ball playing was really good so he can play that sort of link role as a middle and It's a tough pack to to crack but obviously with Adam Elliott leaving um, to a less degree, Ryan Sutton, there will be minutes to go around. I think he'll probably start the year off the bench and just be a real slow burn cash cow. But he's good enough that he can lock down a starting role in that pack deeper into the season and he could be a really interesting prospect.
0: Yeah, I think by the end of the season he (laughs) will be on the right edge potentially. I also don't mind him at thirteen, though. Mm. I know you got Whitehead there, and I sort of think he'll get the thirteen role based on what we saw this year. But this Mooney, I, I, I like. I'm willing to say now, I think he'll play Origin within the next six or seven years. I I think he's that good, mate. I think he's one of the most talented young guys in this competition. The other one we need to talk about is CHN. Um, He's been sort of starved of opportunity Mm -hmm. at the Canberra Raiders. We did mention Adam Litt will be leaving, so you'd have to assume that Whitehead, based on what we've seen last few years, he'll probably go into that 13, or this year, he'll go into that 13 role. Uh, CHN, if a spot opens up for him on the edge, I'm going to find it very hard to leave him out.
1: Oh, isn't he just the one every single year that you like... If he can lock down an 80-minute edge roll, he would be so, so good in Supercoach. And we've seen it in the past. He's had some big, big seasons. Um, yeah, and, and that, that you've nailed it there. So if Whitehead does go to the middle and search and locks down an edge roll, he could be very popular to begin next year because he's just the ultimate Supercoach player. Offloads at will, tackle bus, he runs a tremendous line, can sniff out a try... Um, Speaking fun blokes to own, CHN's the best.
0: I remember a few weeks ago when I talked about him for the grand final week and you said, oh, if he's not owned in comps, mate, there would have been one person in every single draft comp that would have absolutely shit down your throat for saying that because they would have held him for 25 weeks <laughs> and just been hopeful. He's one of the most frustrating guys to own, but fuck, when he's on and he's getting minutes, he's one of the most damaging. I remember I had him a few years ago when he when he first burst on the scene for the Panthers and he was just crazy I like kick out like sort of stuff so he's one to keep an eye on uh the Canberra Raiders that'll do us there uh they're they're probably pretty hungover from Mad Monday by this point anyway (laughs) uh let's move to the South Sydney Rabbitohs we might uh we might chime in occasionally here and get Maddie the water boy if he's got a mic down there we'll call out to you Maddie. um now the best for South Sydney 2022 pretty hot field here I think we'd have to go Latrell Mitchell though he was incredible uh I fucked both of us all season. Uh, he was unbelievable. Latrell, Mate, a few other guys put their hands up. Damien Cook, 75-point supercoach average. Cam Murray was solid all year. Alex Johnson almost averaged 70. I'm not sure if I saw him take a hit up out of his own end, and he averaged 68, 70, which is incredible. Coleman and Tungy as well. He had an unbelievable season outside Ilias there. He was great. Who's your pick of the bunch out of them? Probably after Luttrell. Who, who was your next best for South Sydney? Yeah.
1: Mm, uh as you elegantly put it, it's the bloke that dry-fucked us, and that's the Trell uh, Mitchell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Trell, mate. I just... I, I, I haven't crunched the numbers because... Why the hell would I want to do that? But Luttrell probably cost me, I reckon, maybe 300 spots overall, not bringing him in uh, when the rest of seemingly 99% of Supercoach did. Um, it's got to be Luttrell, mate. He was just – the back end of the season, he was phenomenal. Finished – just a few of his stats up here, but finished with a 5 and average of 99. If you went back <laughs> six, seven, eight rounds, that would probably be higher as well. So I think uh, Luttrell was the one there, and uh, we, we touched on it in our our season review podcast, but – just the run of games the Bunnies had on the run home. You're just thinking he can't keep doing it. But again, to reiterate, lesson learned that the out-and-out out guns of Supercoach, particularly the ones playing in better sides, I think they're just proving they're fixture-proof and they can score well against anyone. So learnt learned that lesson the hard way. But uh the one. And then Damien Cook, who... In recent seasons, had regressed a little bit from being an absolute out-and-out number one hooker in the game. Obviously, Harry Grant in the last couple of years has come into that mix, but Cookie finished about two points off overall averaging from Grant. Uh, and then Cam Murray, is just, I've, I've said this about 15 times through the season, so I may as well add one more before the season ends, but Cam Murray, who I had in my side all pre-season, didn't play in the trials. There was a bit of chat about like a, a tight hammy or something. So I was questioning minutes. So I avoided it. And you just went nuts all year and came out with a bang. So that one hurt. But just they're a super coach gold goldmine, the bunnies, aren't they?
0: yeah for sure. As far as most disappointing goes, um, Ilias. I know a lot of people had him in the start of the season. Mate. I-, I thought Ilias was going to be a much better supercoach player than what he was from watching him in reserve grade and stuff. So uh, NRL, very good. Supercoach wise, pretty poor. Just was. Just wasn't able to produce points, essentially.
1: Yeah, and it, it didn't help that the Bunnies probably started the season a little bit slow as well. I think they had some tough matchups early on. It's not really a super conducive scoring game, Avilius. He could be all right down the track, but, you know, he's not the big ball runner who bust tackles mm. and, and racks up 10 or 12 runs a game. So he really does need to get in on the attacking stats. And when he's got stars around him like Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker, it can be hard to do that. So, yeah, he's a little bit disappointing.
0: The other one was Cody Walker, his halves partner, mm. who uh, at one point he was going for a ridiculously little amount of money. I think he got oh. to the 300K mark, didn't mm. he, or low fours or something. Uh, his value was incredible. I just I <laughs> couldn't trust Cody Walker. This year, I it just never looked like he was at his absolute best to me. So I avoided it. I know a lot of people got on it. Uh, I think we'd have to call it a disappointment.
1: One of my big disappointments for the season, and I didn't jump on him until I think it was sort of maybe just before Origin, the second major bye week, which he delivered in there with 119 points and that was great against Newcastle. But the, ba- the back end of the season, I mean, to me, like he finished with a uh, five round average of six fifty five sixty i like it wasn't horrible but coming off a, a season of 84 point average 74 the year before you just expected more and i think with him the bunnies struggled without latrell mitchell they struggled for go forward he didn't have a platform to play off and the attacking stats didn't come then when latrell mitchell did come back he just really he he doesn't sweep sides as much as he does without Latrell because Latrell's the man. So his footy was actually quite good, particularly in the back end of the year. And as an owner who I probably played him once every three weeks because the what he was dishing out, he did all the hard yards in the middle to draw in defenders, get him in, and he just whip it out to the back to Latrell who was sweeping and all the trail did was tip on Mm. that's where it's like well cody probably deserved the try assist and line assist but to their credit the super coach scorers they get a lot of flack for being you know having gray areas in their scoring they always give the try assist to the sweeping player and that was latrell every time so where latrell was bolstered who i didn't own cody who i did own was getting nothing for it but you know, we knew that going into these games, and when we make our trades, so it's like it's not a hard luck story. It's it's just being smarter about your trades.
0: It's like uh, Adam Reynolds passed his hat on to Cody yeah. Walker, wasn't it? Just doing so much yeah. fantastic work, but not getting rewarded super Big coach time. wise for it. As far as guys to keep an eye out for next year for South Sydney, I mean. I don't really see much change to their pack next season. Mm. So I don't think much change is there. Their back line, I think like they experimented with so many guys this year that I don't think a heap change is there. Isaac Thompson is the one guy that I'm really excited about, but I mean he played two games this year. I think he went seventy five and fifty-five. So he's not going to be as cheap mm. as what we would have liked. He'll also be out on the right wing outside Campbell Graham, which is a great spot to be, but we know that all their footy goes down the left side. Yeah. Matty, is there anyone at South Sydney, Young Guns, or anything that you know of that you think are worth keeping an eye out for?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, who do we say before the Callow K- Kello.
0: Yeah, Callow Kello. Kello.
1: Who we haven't really look. I've honestly haven't paid that much attention to the to the lower grades this year mm. um, of anyone. Sorry, sorry for my voice.
0: Of note, um, yeah, what have you done in the last <clears throat> ten minutes? Yeah, I, don't know. I just
1: need water like hundred percent of the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, nah, because we, we rotated through so many centers and wingers this year like you've everyone's already seen them all That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. So
0: yeah, it's a tough one um, Yeah, there, there's all there's, there's a young boy there Tyron Munro who's very talented But I, I I don't think he'll get a shot this year you, You've got pretty good depth in your outside backs and in your pack as well Russo and Kyle love it the other day as well So like I think that there'll be I don't think there's gonna be anyone that's gonna really jump out of the mm. box at South Sydney in saying that uh, I could have tripped over Isaac Thompson two months ago and not known who he was or that he played football. So uh, anything can happen. But South Sydney there, uh, not a heap doing. We'll let Matty die in silence down there.
1: The SC Playbook podcast has teamed up with proud sponsors Pat and George from Mortgage Choice Sutherland, Cronulla and Wollongong this season. The boys are experts in all types of home, commercial and car loans. So whether you're a local or living interstate and looking to purchase your first ever home or chase the last rate for your refinance, Give them a call on 9521-1611 today and mention SC Playbook for your free tailored expert advice session.
0: Uh, (laughs) Let's move to the Sydney Roosters. Uh, 2022, their best player, Uh, James Tedesco. I think he is the obvious standout (laughs) this season. But Joey Manu, he was sensational, came up with that one game against the Dragons, which was unbelievable. If you didn't captain him that day, that would have really stung. Really, really really stung. Can't kept that. you awake at night and stuff. Uh, mate, little shout-out to Nat Butcher. He just appeared at the perfect time for us. And if mm. something happens that you couldn't trade him out when we all did and you held him for the back end, fuck, he had some good games on the run home as well. Four tries against the West Tigers, he exploded. So Nat Butcher, he did a job for us. But Lee, uh, he was the one this season, came in at very, very cheap, uh, did very well. Mm. Quick shout-out,
1: Teddy's last five Supercoach seasons averaging – 80, 87, 95, 84, 74. Wow. Oh. Um, that fullback round one next season. Like I've sort of sat there watching the trail the back end of this season going, I think you just have to own him for the rest of time and I never want to not own him again. But then you're like, Latrell, Teddy, Tommy Turbo is going to be based on a 61 average next season. Pappenhausen, we get two of them. Yeah. You throw Caelan Ponger in there at about 500k if you're looking for value. Ah, uh, it's going to be a crazy, crazy field to start next season. Joseph Sualete, he, he—he's another one who's going to be priced pretty well to start next year, and it's uh, a long way. He's just going to peak a lot of. It. He averaged fifty mid fifties this season. That's in his debut year. I mean, he could be what? What's he played? Cup five games in twenty twenty one. Really strong, like. Not quite premium,
0: but high mid-range option for next season. Yeah, for sure. Most disappointing at the Chooks, uh, Angus Crichton. Probably unfair to put him in here, mm. but there was periods there where I like only. I think he only scored a handful of tries this year. The vast majority came in the last five weeks, sort of the middle part of the season. I don't know. Just felt like Angus wasn't getting overly involved in their games. He was doing his job and he was scoring his you know forty-five to fifty-five. But he's a guy that I would expect to average you know 70 odd and he simply wasn't doing it throughout the year so I'd throw Angus in there I know that you, you were pretty high on Angus all season though
1: yeah and I said he delivered late so he finished with an average of 66 but that was with scores late on in the season of 115 and 161 now it was his base was like he based 47 per game which is pretty good going for a bloke that we know has attacking upside the the attacking stats just eluded him he didn't score a try until round 19 Wow. Broke his jout, then scored another try two weeks later, then had a double two weeks later, and then finished with another try. And that's where, unsurprisingly, the big 80, 90-plus scores came. So he just wasn't finding the try line, which in this Roosters outfit, it probably ties in also to the fact that, and we spoke a lot about it on the Bloke podcast, but it just took a long time this season for the Roosters to gel as a spine and to get their combinations going. Kiri and Sammy Walker really took their time to find their feet as, as a halves pairing. And when Sammy Walker made that switch to be the more dominant halfback, we saw Angus Crichton start scoring his tries, and they yep. just looked a better side. So, again, he'll be another one to, hard on not to start with next season, but I, I do like that you've thrown him most disappointing because he, he was for the majority of the year.
0: Another one that was pretty disappointing this year, <laughs> Billy Smith. I've always been very high on him. I think you've mm-hmm. always been a fan of Billy as well. Uh, obviously suffered another injury this year. I, I hate to say it, but I am worried that... Um, it could be a tough road back for Billy Smith. He's been incredibly unlucky. Uh, even when he did get back this year, he's obviously you know recovering from an injury even then as well. And he, uh, he didn't have the same punch uh, that the Billy Smith that I've watched over the last few years has had. So he was a little bit disappointing. We do wish Billy all the very best because fuck, he's a talented kid.
1: Yeah, really disappointing. And as you said, even this season, I spoke really high of him, and, and you did too earlier on in the year. I think we just start with him.
0: Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Started I and, yeah. and, and
1: like didn't even blink at it. I played yeah. him most weeks as well early on, and he just coming back from another was another ACL or something. He just didn't quite look the same. But yeah. um, so hopefully he comes back bigger and better. But he's had a tough run.
0: Players to watch at the Chooks for next year. You've obviously got Takiyaho leaving. Uh, Matt Lodge he hasn't been signed yet. So if Takiyaho leaves and Lodge leaves, Lindsay Collins has obviously got his uh, HIE. Good God, HIA. I I think I've got a few too. HIA issues. And the Roosters, we know that they are very cautious with this sort of stuff as well. So just want to keep an eye on Egan Butcher. I think he's so fucking talented. It's not even funny. He has had a couple of big scores to finish the season. But his average, I'd say it'd be like 30s, 40s across the whole year. So uh, he'll be at decent value. I don't know if the opportunity is going to be there. uh, But but I, I think at some point there'll be a period where Egan will go good. Now, the other one's Josh Wong. I've spoken about him on my podcast on a couple of occasions. Uh, he was the SG ball captain for the Roosters this year. I put him in the same category as Trey Mooney. I think they're both going to mm. be real superstars. I think Josh Wong will get a bench spot next year for the Sydney Roosters. Uh, he can play centre, second row, five-eight lock. Uh, I think he'll be... The modern day like Orbo for the Sydney Roosters over the next few years until he finds a spot. So Josh Wong, he will be one that I promise you will be in a lot of teams at some point next season for the Sydney Roosters. Let's get to the last team on this potty. Finish finished fifth in the regular season, the Melbourne Storm 2022. Uh, their best player, I would best players, I'd say Cam Munster and Harry Grant. No arguments here, all right?
1: Uh, no argument outside of a certain tiny little fullback who got injured mid and
0: that leads us straight into probably our most disappointing <laughs> and uh it's tough when you have to put guys that get injured in most disappointing but mm. um mate Pappy was just going gangbusters he was doing so well and to see him get injured uh it re- it really was incredibly disappointing and hurt a lot of super coach players out there mm, it did and uh Pappenhausen, the the week he got injured, I think I
1: skipped him. Sounds about right. Canberra, Canberra, Canberra game,
0: yeah, Pappy. Anyway. Jack White ran a train over him. Yeah,
1: Pappy doesn't score that well against the Raiders. Pappy,
0: oh, it's hard to score well yeah. when you have got a shattered knee. But yeah, yeah.
1: that oh, that's right. Yeah, because oh, he yeah, was, was on a tear. Fifteen minutes. Are you taking the, the piss
0: out of me? Because it fucked my draft season. This is no, a moment I will never forget.
1: No, no, I can't remember that. But it was all – it's uh, its all coming back to me, yeah. And 15 minutes into the game, he had two clean-cut line yep. breaks. And him and – I think Munster put him through for both of them. And you're just sitting that it was pretty all well the start of the Raiders' resurgence in the comp. And you're just sitting there going, shit, this scoreline could be anything. I said pretty sure I had Pappy captain. And that, that, yeah, got obliterated by Jackie about 15 minutes in. He was on like 45 or something, yeah, he was flying, yeah. Yep.
0: That's, yeah, oof. Tough one. Anyway, no, let's no. never talk about it again. No, um, Grant Anderson. Uh, fuck, I'll tell you what. I watched Grant Anderson play a lot of Queensland Cup and fuck, he looked like a talent there. I'm, I'm still not putting the red Sharpie through him. I know a lot of people have bagged him and stuff this year. I've, I think he's still got more to offer uh, as his career goes on. But from what we saw this year defensively, uh, a lot of issues there, a lot of dropped balls. He got injured at the worst possible fucking time. It was a bit of a nightmare this year having Grant Anderson. Yeah,
1: and just quickly back on Pappenhausen before we get on to our old Grant Anderson off air talking to you about the fullbacks and you're going, yeah, Pappenhausen will be cheap next year as well, won't he? Guru,
0: Pappenhausen averaged 90, we be about 900k. Yeah, well, it would have been nice of you to chime in with that before you let me talk for 15 <laughs> minutes the other day. But anyway, that's nice of you. Appreciate that. Uh, um, Grant
1: Anderson, uh, let's never speak of him again. Yep.
0: Two first names, can't trust them. Uh, Brandon Smith, The Hectic Cheese. I had him most disappointing. You had him all year. Uh, it was it was great doing these podcasts with you the entire year because every three or four weeks, there'd be something happening. You'd go, Cheese, yeah. I can play him this week. And I'd always be like, oh, I don't know about it. Uh, cheese looked exhausted to me for the vast majority of the season. Had a couple of injuries, suspensions and everything thrown in there. Had a couple of good games, but just wasn't the same footballer that he was the year before.
1: Yeah, he wasn't and he sort of played some fewer minutes off the bench and he was sort of started in the back end of the season, played some decent minutes. Supercoach wise, I brought him in at like 350 odd K um, around the buy period and I had him for the rest of the season. Now, he didn't really impact me poorly because he was more of a depth option in the reason that I kept him. And it was based on outside of the bye round, I very, very rarely had to play. Bench. I played in the last round of the season And that was only not because I thought he'd do well, it was just more thinking if there are restings and whatnot later in round 25 that I lock in a semi-gun player. Um, But Cheese for me was just a backup to Harry Grant. So when trades were scarce, I was thinking, right, I don't want to play Cheese, but if Grant goes down injured, Cheese comes into my starting team and he'll be a starting hooker for the Melbourne Storm playing big minutes. As it turned out, uh, Harry Grant played every game for the rest of the season. I didn't have to play Smith outside of round 25, but um i mean one we'll get to him shortly but one for next season are the roosters starting hooker potentially he'll be cheap he could be one of my first players picked
0: actually yeah true we, we didn't mention chase for the <coughs> roosters that will be very very interesting yeah. next
1: season like it if be based on what he average this season not a hell of a lot he averaged 45
0: this year so like he could be an 80-minute hooker for the roosters he could lock him in, lock him load yeah, for sure. Um, now, guys, to watch for the Melbourne Storm next year, you've obviously got a host of forwards leaving to go to the Dolphins. So there will be opportunities there. I think Jack Howarth, who will probably come into the back row, although I have been surprised that Melbourne didn't use him at any point hmm. this year. Um, I think you also got to keep in mind with a guy like Jack Howarth, he... COVID has really fucked up a lot of these guys as far as their transition into first grade. So I know that the Melbourne Storm's concern with Howarth was that he hadn't played enough games against grown men. He'd gone from schoolboys to no Queensland Cup Mm. or anything. Um, Played in the trial earlier this year and, uh, you know, respectfully got caught out. Uh, as teenagers should do when they come into the NRL. Uh, so he spent the year playing reserve grade. I don't think the Melbourne choice, the Melbourne Storm will have a choice uh, but to use him decently there next year. So I think he'll be in. The, he'll probably be a bench, potentially a starting back rower. Uh, will Warbrick came over from Rugby Union, was very very impressive for the Falcons up there in Queensland Cup. I think you'll see him pop up at some point. I think you would have seen him pop up at some point this year if it wasn't for a couple of timely injuries that he had, some unfortunate injuries. Tariq Sims though, he's an interesting one. Never been. Uh, hugely relevant super coach Classic guy Draft guy He's a pretty handy guy To pick up here and there uh, He could go down there And play decent minutes At the Storm uh, I don't know what his average Was this year I can't imagine it would have been 45 Okay I thought it would be worse So mm. yeah, A bit of an awkward price I mean at the Melbourne Storm uh, it's not bad, but he's obviously ageing. I don't know if he will be an 80-minute guy there, although they have shown that they do like to pick 80-minute back rowers, mm. So Tarek Sims, is probably a sit and watch. But I, I sort of feel like the Melbourne Storm, they're not done with their signing spray. I think there will be more guys to yeah. come, and I feel like there's going to be another name that's going to pop up. I've got no idea who it is, but I think there'll be another name that'll pop up in the Storm in the forward pack. That i think could be pretty relevant whether it's a nathan brown or one of these sort of guys i, I just feel like there's something more to come for yep. melbourne
1: yeah no i agree mate there'll be there was something turned up there with the amount of players that, that have left and said so not a lot on the, the signing front so keep an eye out over the off season mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, guys, uh, that will do us for today. Our review of the Raiders, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, the Roosters and the Melbourne Storm. We'll be going through the top four teams next Monday, which will be grand final week. Uh, so come and join us there. We will be going through the Parramatta Eels, the North Queensland Cowboys, the Cronulla Sharks and of course the Penny Panthers as well. Uh, thank you to Blue Wealth Property for sponsoring beers and break evens each and every week and to Bloke in a Bar. Go and support Kempy this weekend by getting stuck into a case for prelim final footy this weekend and then grand final next weekend very very exciting one more episode of beers and break evens to come for season 2022 look forward to seeing you next week for our last app. cheers guys